Hey guys, this is Keita Bussey, Grant Chancellor Madison, and Mike Seifert here with the 180 Firearms Training Podcast, Episode 2, Match Etiquette. Now, before we dive into match etiquette, I do want to mention I'm publishing a shooter's training log. It goes hand in hand with my Train Smart class. I published it last night. It's not live for purchase yet. I have to get my proof so I can check it over, make sure it's right, and then it will be available to purchase for students taking the Train Smart class. Once the Train Smart book is out, this training log is going to accompany it. So it's called the Train Smart Shooters Log. Lots of interesting stuff in there. All right, match etiquette. There are a lot of things that happen at a match that can slow it down, can be irritating. You know, it's already sort of a high stress environment, but we're all trying to have fun at the same time and find that balance. So what are some things you guys have seen that you didn't feel was proper etiquette at a match? I'm gonna let you start on that one, Grant, go ahead. Okay, we had a list and I've forgotten about it. <laughs> well, let's talk about picking up brass because it is different okay, in South Africa. Yeah, let's, okay, let's do the brass thing first, right. So obviously over there, you know, you guys don't actually pick up brass. Apparently you guys wait until, until the end of the, end of the match. So here, everyone basically marks their brass. I color in the primers with a blue Sharpie. A lot of guys will do a crossover it or an X in different colors. Um, a lot of guys have that double alpha marking machine. So as it runs out of your 650 or 750, you'll actually do a, a mark on the, on the brass itself. So yes, when a competitor's finished shooting, when everyone's resetting the stage, there'll be someone who'll pick up the brass the competitor just shot and give it to give it to the competitor and that's basically how we've always how we've always run it and if the competitor doesn't have all their brass they'll pretty much the next after the next shooter they're not pasting or resetting they're picking up brass to try and find that um mm. now we obviously do reload we run out of um brass here quite a lot brass is kind of hard to come by especially if you're shooting 40 or especially 38 super comp um People will literally take, open a hundred round Dylan ammo box, take ammo, load their mags. And when they're done, they will put the empty brass in those slots, unload all the mags into those slots, see, oh, I'm missing two and scour the area for those two pieces of brass. Wow. This was I, crazy to me when I was there. That's insane. People kept coming up to me and handing me my brass after I was done shooting. I was like, like you keep it. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, right. I well, had no right. idea what was going on. Wow. Yeah, so, I mean, like, what, what is that? What is the cost of your brass then? Is it, is it super, like, is it 50 cents for one cartridge? I mean, like, what, what is the, why so serious about the brass? I mean, doesn't well, that slow it down? Nine more is about uh, nine, nine US cents. Nine for cents. good once fired brass if you if you if you find it um 40 you're looking at about 40 45 us cents i could be wrong on that but i'm gonna like for 40 in my head. keep in mind what is the ratio of rand to us dollars oh it's like 80 80 cents 80 us cents for a rand or eight cents or something it's it's really i know it's yeah 14 70 rands is one dollar got it 
So we're importing that it's import tax and it's most, I use Starline brass for my match competition brass and I want that back. I mean, I'm not yeah, going to let's, let's start that again. So it's 17 Rand for, is it 17 Rand or 14 Rand for, for $1? 14, 14 Rand 17 for one. How many, how many, how much is it for one piece of brass that you said? Is that in Rand yeah, or that nine cents? Nine cents, yeah, 90, nine 90 South Africa cents, 90 South Africa cents. Got it. Okay. All right. So, so, that's, so it's yeah. almost, that would be like us paying just under a dollar per piece of brass. So I get it then. That no. kind of makes, no, no, it's, it, I don't, well, I don't think it's that much, no, it's, but it's, it's still pretty pricey. I mean, that's not, that's not super cheap. I mean, I'm loading an entire round for a fraction of what you're paying for the brass almost. You know, yeah. Right? I'm loading 40 for about two rand 50 around in that area wow. if i'm wow so that is what is it 20 20 cents yeah, yeah, no. i wish i was better at math that, um, that's that, that's crazy yeah no in in the u.s we i mean it's I've, I've never really seen it they actually announced it at most matches that it's going to be a lost brass match because they don't want the competitors to, to stop after you're done shooting and and pick everything up because it's going to slow everything down um so what usually happens is the people that are either working a major or, you know, people will, like Kita was saying before we started, this was, would stay after and uh, they would pick up all the brass uh, and keep it clean. And then if it's a major, they share it between themselves. And if it's, you know, whoever wants to stay after and pick up all the brass after a matches, you know, then they can keep it at a local, but yeah, past that, we, we would never after a stage. I mean, when you're shooting, I want to keep shooting. I don't want to stop and pick up brass. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. Something it's definitely interesting. I saw something really interesting in New Zealand. So these guys, I like better in South Africa, how they pick up the brass as they go. It kind of keeps things moving along. And it's usually if you just shot, you're picking up brass for the guy shooting, right? Yeah. Right. So there's a designated one person. So everyone else can be resetting in New Zealand. In what they do in theory is after the match is done, everybody stays after and picks up all of the brass together. And then they have a sorting table. So they're there for like another hour picking up brass and another hour and a half or so sorting through all this brass, putting it into piles so they no, get their own no, brass that, back. That's, that's crazy. Are we, are we talking about indoor matches or outdoor matches? Outdoor, indoor matches, we, all, we pick up the brass at every indoor match. We sweep it into a pile, and then we do have sorters. It doesn't take that long. But at an outdoor match, if you're picking it up in, like, gravel, I, I feel like that would take Hey, We had soft, soft moonscape sand that we're picking up brass <laughs> from, the, from the match today. So and, it's getting clean. You know, it's, nice. It's, well, yeah, we've got to clean it and wash it. Like, I've tumbled it twice <laughs> to get that yeah. stuff out. Yeah. Nothing breaks pins faster than sand stuck in primers. Um, but yeah, so there is a story of at least one guy, and I don't know the name, of someone who ran around with a brass bag on their shooting belt. Because having the brass and picking up brass is more important than having this extra weight of brass as you run around nope. a match. <laughs> no way. See, now, if that's your mindset, then you shouldn't be shooting, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, if you're, if you're so weird about, you know, every little piece of brass or every single cent, I mean, you should be focused on what you're doing. Um, I mean, I'm okay if we're going to be picking it up after we're all done shooting, but yeah, to stop at any point in the middle of a match, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to stay focused, so it seems weird to me, but... Yeah, I, I, I like to get most of it, but like, I'm not going to sit there and count. So I'll get about 90% of my brass back. So 
I'm constantly losing, constantly having to having to replace. But and it is expensive. But the way I see it, it's a match. I'd rather focus on the more important things than get getting brass back. I'd like to get most of it, but I'm not going to sit there and, and count. Guys do. That's their that's their prerogative. They're happy. Yeah, I get that, it though. I mean, if me. that's what everybody's doing around you, I mean, that's you know, I'd I'd probably be doing the same thing too. It's just I, you know, what we do around it, we don't do that. It's at cultural. All. So, yeah. So yeah, and I mean, body brass is really really hard to find, and 38 super is even even worse. So yeah, well, <laughs> so those are the only guys that you ever really see picking brass up around a range are the 38 super guys. You know, those are the ones that you'll oh. see just kind of walking around like, hey, let me like, get that. One. You shoot an open gun, don't you? Like, yep, there it is. <laughs> so you know. <laughs> But past that, everybody else shooting nine really doesn't matter. I mean, <clears throat> I'm getting 6,000 cleaned rounds for like 160 bucks, which I'm not going to do the calculation of rent. But, um, you know, that was pre-COVID. Now it's like 260. So it's 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 not too bad still. Um, but, yeah. Well, the nicest thing to do is, okay, so we do have some military and police guys who do come shoot. And they'll shoot um, burden-primed military 9 more ammo. And they don't pick up their brass. And when you have those guys, it's kind of funny when, you know, you have to sort through and all them brass is specifically marked for if they, in case it gets stolen or whatever. Um, you see, oh, this brass has got the P on it. And I have to throw that out. It's it's actually, and one of those can oh, break. Oh, you can't even use three. it. Yeah. Oh, it's burden. It's burden prime. It's got the two flash holes. It's not, you can't actually reload. And those guys are happy to leave their brass. So, you know, it's nice of them interesting yeah no we, we could have a whole show on reloading because i mean guys, we could talk about <laughs> that's on the list yeah so so yeah, what about but. stage planning when you're walking the stages in a match and people are coming up to you saying hey what's your plan or how should i shoot this stage what do you think about that i, I would like to i'd like to start on i mean to me that doesn't bother me at all i i'm down to share really kind of whatever depending on who you are i mean like if you're one of the top level guys like i feel like you know, we're sort of direct competition, but I'm, I'm usually willing to help anybody out because I always feel like I don't really care if you have my stage plan. I'm, I'm still going to, in my head, I'm going to shoot it better than you are. So, you know, I'll let you know what I'm going to do and let's see if you can execute it better than I can. Cause that's, I'm, you know, I'm always willing to bet on myself, but you know, <laughs> kind of a funny thing on stage, stage, uh, we're talking about stage planning, right? Well, I was going to more go with stage walkthroughs, but I guess that's all I really have for planning. So Grant, what do you got on planning? Okay, well, if, if our stage plans are exactly the same, then by all means, share share your stage plan when I'm on deck with me. Um, the problem is, though, when you're on standby and you're trying to visualize, you don't want someone coming up and saying, hey, maybe we should shoot it this way because you're trying to put that in your mind. Okay? And then you're just going to you know, mess yourself up. All right. So, so yeah, no, that, that's a good point. I mean, I know a guy, I know, I know a couple people that are, you know, they don't want you to talk to them at all when you're in the box. And I, I don't personally care. You can come up and like, as I'm standing there right before the guy says, make ready. If you want to give me a pound as you're walking by, like it doesn't bother me whatsoever. Um, so yeah, it's, I guess it depends on, it, it depends on the shooter. Some people are a little bit more serious about it than others. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, and yeah, especially if the match isn't going, isn't going your way. You really don't want someone to mess up the next stage plan kind of thing now this is something the top guys will do to actually mess with each other so one thing they'll do is fake a stage plan during the walkthrough that's not their actual stage plan because they don't want other people to see something they saw that's different another thing they'll do is tell someone they're going to do something and say yeah you should do this and then they do something totally different like they use stage plans to get in each other's heads i don't know if i've ever 
seen that. I mean, look, so I've, I've talked with somebody at a, about a stage and then, and then like watched a couple of people shoot it and been like, Hey, I think I'm going to modify this position right here. But like, and then maybe not have said something to the person I might've been talking to before when we were doing our plan. Oh yeah. Like, I've, I've done never, that too. I've never like, I've never like on purpose, like, Hey, I'm going to go do this and then do it completely opposite just to screw with somebody like that. That's like, that's bad gamesmanship. I mean, I like to win, but that's, that's another level. So yeah, I mean, they I do really... that, but I think they also kind of do it in good fun. Yeah, that, I hope. I mean, I'm always down for a joke, you know. Like, hey, you know, like if you got to if you got to shoot something through a barrel or something like that, and then it's like a star. Like I've had that before. Like, like yeah, no, you should definitely do that from the back line, you know, or something like that. Like, definitely right. don't run up and shoot it through there, you know. Like, but ever, you know, not obviously nothing serious. Like, <laughs> right. That, that's that's messed up. Grant, what do you have to? What do you think about? Yeah, that? I do. I do like discussing stage plans with everyone because people see things that you don't necessarily see, so they might have a better way of shooting it. That kind of opens your mind so definitely discuss the stage plan with them um if you think you have a awesome you know killer stage plan that's just sitting there waiting to save you five seconds then okay fine if you want to keep it to yourself then maybe just say oh yeah that's an awesome stage plan uh one of the worst <laughs> things and one of the sabotagiest things you can do to someone when they're on the line is tap them on the shoulder and say don't miss that steal or be careful of that no shoot over there that is, don't do that. That's that's not cool. Unless you're legitimately trying to sabotage someone, don't like no. So that's that for us. That's normal local level ball busting at a match. We do that all the time. Local level. Yeah. Would you do it at nationals yeah. or at absolutely a world shoot? not? No. So at a so that's where I hopefully we're going to talk today something about a difference between like a level one and a major, um, because uh, yeah, no, at a level one for me it's very much fun and that's where. I hope we could also talk about people that only shoot level ones and don't want to shoot majors and why majors are so much better. You know, um, I used to only shoot level ones and I thought they were serious, but yeah, I, uh, <laughs> it, it, it depends on the match for sure. If it's majors, no, absolutely not. And, and normally you're shooting when you go to majors, normally, you know, if you shoot, if you're out, if you get around, you know, at least some people that are there and usually you're squatted with people that, you know, so, um, that you usually shoot with on a regular basis even. And, um, you know, when you're at a local, it's, it's not, it's okay to, to, to joke around with your buddies like that. And nobody, yeah. nobody really cares that much unless there's, you know, I find newer people are a little bit more serious about it. And so like, you know, I usually don't really try to mess with them. Cause that is kind of like their major if they haven't ever been to one yet, but um, yeah, definitely when, when, the, when the time comes to actually, it's a big <clears> match, you, uh, you know, don't mess with the, don't mess with the, anybody, you know, I mean, you always want to be supportive, but there's no, there's no like, hey, shoot that from the back line. It's always, hey, do the best job that you can. And yeah. So, so general consensus is totally fine to come up and ask for a stage plan. The whole thing. Doesn't bother me. All right. Are you? If you, I know if some people it does. First, are you on the line? You know. That's true too. We'll get to that. So what about getting Agreed. video? What's which aspect? Having somebody video for you or? Yeah. Asking or... someone to get video for you. Oh, so I'm, I'm bad with this. I, I find one person that's good at it. And then I usually ask them to do it all day and I feel bad, but like, um, it's, it's, it, it's honestly a special skill. When people ask me to video, I feel honored. And it's like, I almost take it more seriously than shooting. Cause I'm like, I don't want to blow the video for this person. Like, you know, I've had people do that to me where they're like, they take the camera and then they start talking to somebody and all of a sudden you go to watch your video and it's, and it's like you're three quarters of the way done with your run. And I, I, you know, I, I like my match videos. I post videos online all the time, but at the end of the day, I, I use all of my videos to really analyze what I'm doing around a stage. So like, you know, if I, if somebody says, yeah, I'll take the camera and I shoot it for you and then they miss it. It's kind of like, God, ah, yeah, that, it sucks a little bit. Um, so yeah, when, 
I, I, I ask because I don't mind doing it for other people. So I, yeah. I will always reciprocate the fact. So I don't mind saying, Hey, do you mind video in the stage every time? Because if you want to hand me your camera and I'll video for you, everyone also like it, but you know, no, no problem with that whatsoever. So, yeah. Yeah. So, and I think doing that before the match starts is a good approach where you can ask your squad as you're waiting for everyone to get there or whatever, or waiting for the RO to say, Hey, does anyone in the group need video? I'd be willing to video you if you'll video me. And I think that's totally fine. How about you? Yeah, Grant? hopefully, yeah, hopefully as well, you get some, um, they read the, the list of people that are shooting and where and when, so you can find someone who's kind of far away from you. You can ask them. Hopefully you know the people that are there. I, I also I hate asking at major matches for people to video me because everyone's kind of doing their own thing in the game. You don't want to be the guy that, hey, can you video me? And they basically blame you for messing up their stage. Uh, that's kind of a weak know, cop out. That's a weak cop out. Well, whether, whether it's whether it's legitimate or not, I mean, you still don't want to have that on your shoulders. Um, I, but actually, at major matches, it's more important to have your stages videoed in case something goes wrong or you need to arbitrate something. You need that on video, so you have to get someone to video it. I see. I guess. I mean, that's that seems like the villain villain side of videos like I'm, I'm never videoing any of my runs to potentially arbitrate or argue a call later because in uspsa you can't use video review so even if you ha even if it just happened and they make a judgment call and you say hey here's the video they say well that's nice but it is what it is so um yeah, i've never i've never actually had that for that particular purpose but yeah whenever someone asks me to video them i kind of see okay well where's the 90 traps and kind of make sure that i can get an angle on where their gun is on that that's kind of how I think of when I video someone. Oh, so when um, you're videoing somebody, you're trying to make sure that you're, you know, you get their their feet in so that you get the like the foot faults and all that. I'm trying to get their feet in so they can see their footwork. So you're just, right. you're thinking about a negative, yeah. Grant. You got to be more positive. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, in case something does like happen, you know, they're going to be very happy about that video. Um, but that's that's basically how I can you can I you go that. to video review in IPSC? Is that something that like well, so for I guess. I guess, Keita, and you, USPSA for arbitration. So if you went to arbitration, would you be able to submit a video that potentially would get something overturned for like a footfall call or something like that if it was clearly? like No, you can't submit a video. But what I would do is watch it for my own purposes so I know what I did. So if they say one thing and I'm thinking I did something else, maybe I did, maybe I didn't, but I can look at the video and know for myself, oh, yeah, I screwed that up or no, maybe I didn't. Yeah, so, it was a bad so call. What happens, but then what I know. If you, what happens if you got called on a footfall and then you clearly saw it wasn't a footfall? You're going to watch that video a million times and get more angry every time. So I would say match etiquette would be as a videographer. Make sure you're, if that is the call and you know that it wasn't a footfall, cut that out before you give the camera back. Just do a little edit. <laughs> well, what I would do <laughs> then is now I'm going to be setting up positional drills and practicing getting in position, looking at my spot where I'm going, and then getting eyes up to target without having a footfall. So that gives me a training direction yeah it's it's mostly about it's mostly about the training where where if i did break the 90 how and why and what was i doing so you can correct that right you call, so you call 90s i like that I mean, yeah they are 90s technically yeah <laughs> so i would i've done it at nationals depending who i'm squatted with if they're newer shooters and it's all with their first nationals i'm not going to ask any of them to video me if it's someone I know and I know they're going to be cool with it, then I will. But sometimes I'll wait till after the first stage so they get rid of their first stage jitters. But if they have 
a significant other with them, sometimes I'll ask them to get my first stage and then ask a teammate. Yeah. So what about going up and talking to people during a match? <laughs> Big, I'm a bigger If they're on the great. line, ask them if they're on the line. <laughs> Just ask them. Are you shooting? Where are you shooting, man? Because that, that, that will save a lot of like you feeling bad because now you've just disrupted someone while they were trying to visualize. And I don't like to like say, oh, I'm on the line or shout at people or just, you know, be a you know, terrible person and just walk away from them. But on occasion, you kind of have to because you don't want to get someone in your head and get distracted, when, especially, especially if it's like a 32 round technical stage or memory stage that could be the worst when someone's trying to trying to talk to you and you just want to focus on the on the task at hand yeah what you make? I, I kind of i kind of agree with that a little bit but i I'm, I'm i'm more of a big offender i would say because i don't mind when people talk to me so you know like if you watch my i have an area video on youtube so like right before i'm about to shoot the stage gelnet gelnet the guy that's doing my videos we shoot together all the time he comes up and he goes i hope you got bullets in that magazine and that's like right, like probably five, six seconds before the guy says, uh, all right, make ready. You know, it's like, it's, but that, that kind of thing doesn't bother me like whatsoever. So I, I, I tend to talk to people, I guess, maybe at inappropriate times. I, I try to stay away. Like if I see that you're walking up and I know that you're walking up, but there's a lot of times that I, I barely know where I am in the order until the last stage of the day. So at the end of the day, there's, there's a lot of people that I'm like, I didn't even know that you were coming up. I apologize for talking to you right before. So I, uh, I, I don't know. I like matches. I like to be social. You know, I, I, I really love shooting. So when I'm out there, I'm usually pretty vocal because it's uh it's just something I'm having fun doing. So I, 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 I just, I want to apologize now to anybody. If I'm, I'm, <laughs> <bothering you. laughs> I'm just having a good time. That's all. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I like the gesture when someone comes up to you because they want to talk to you and first they say, Oh, Hey, are you on deck? And yes or no. And they say, they say, okay, cool. And then I wanted to ask you this. Yeah, I, I, like I'm, I always precedent. respond to that. I always respond to that one. What do, what do you have to say? Like, don't don't leave me hanging because now I'm going to go up to the stage thinking about what you're going to ask me. Like, just ask me what you're going <laughs> to ask me so I can answer it and then I'll go shoot my stage. <laughs> oh, I mean, I've, I've felt bad because I have, you know, done it. We've all done it, I'm assuming, because, you know, we've all been new. And I was, I've gone to someone. I was like, what do you think about engaging the swinger sequence this way? It was a really complicated se sequence. And then... He's like, oh, shit, I'm on, I'm on, I'm shooting now. And I was like, okay, sorry. And then he messed it up. And I felt like I'd done that. I'd, and I felt bad. So that, you know, you only do that once kind of thing. And then mm -hmm. I, got, I got, I got a pretty interesting story about match etiquette when it comes to talking to people after they get DQ'd. Um, I was a very new, I was a very new shooter. Um, and one of my first big three gun matches that I was shooting back when I did that. And, um, uh, you know, Jimmy Woodford, Kita? No. No. Uh, so he's a, he's a, he's a sponsored shooter out of o Ohio. He's a, he's a good guy. Um, really good shooter. And uh, he gets DQ'd. It's like the first time he's been DQ'd. He's like, he's like, man, I, I haven't been DQ'd in like five years. Like, all right. Like, man, that sucks. And I'm like, I'm starving. So I'm like, all right, Hey, you're just sitting there. Do you want to run out and get us like, you want to go get us some food as a squad? First. Yeah. So don't, <laughs> don't, don't be that guy. And, and, and to boot, it was with Jimmy Woodford. So yeah. I come to find out later, I, I'm going around to talk and I, you know, I know all the staff at the match I'm shooting at and they're like, oh man, you know, Jimmy, you're going to shoot with Jimmy Woodford. He's a pro. I'm like, oh God, like, I feel like such an ass right now, but yeah, oh, no, man. So don't, don't, don't be the guy to ask the guy that just got DQ'd if he wants to run out for some food, you know, that's not something that's, <laughs> that's proper. <laughs> so yeah, no, I, I've learned, I've learned my lesson a few times the hard way, you know, but uh, yeah, at the end of the day, I, uh, 
it is what it is. You know, new people are going to do what they're going to do. So I don't really and judge I think, anybody. I don't judge anybody when they're new to ask questions like that because I did the same thing. So who am I? I think a lot of people, when they don't want to be approached for whatever reason at a match, just kind of walk off by themselves and face away from the group if they're visualizing or maybe something in their life is going on that you don't know about. It could be really anything, but you need to read people's body language and, you know, be cognizant of that and don't just go and talk to someone and be hurt if they're focused or doing something else. Just remember that it's a stressful situation for some people and they feel a lot of pressure and you just never know where they're at. So just don't be offended. I agree. Well, yeah. you, you know, if you shoot for any amount of time, you get to know who those people are. Right. So, I mean, there's, there's people that, you know, that you're going to be able to hang out and talk to, and there's people that, you know, are going to be more serious and, and the more major matches you go to it, it, That's why I say locals, you don't really get to see, because for me, I'm much more serious when I'm at a major, um, but I'm still willing to talk to people. But I mean, at a local, I mean, it's just the whole time is just having fun. So, um, it's, a, you know, when you get to go around and you get to, to see the people and you shoot with everybody, you get to see what everybody's attitude is kind of like, and then you kind of find your click, you know, if you like to be more serious, you get to kind of hang out with the more serious people. If you like to have a little bit more fun, you get to hang out with the people that don't really mind about talking and, and making yeah. jokes with each other throughout the day. So, yeah. Yeah. But the key yeah. is it's not anything personal, just read their body language and be respectful and don't take it yeah. to heart. Yeah. If you walk up to someone and start talking to them and they walk away from you and you're at a match, yeah, there, there's something there's something going on. They're on deck or something and you didn't hear it. It's fine. Don't take it personally. Buy them a, offer them a drink after the match. I'm sure they'll take you up on it. I guess. If I said, <laughs> if I didn't know you were about to shoot, I said, hey, Grant, how you doing? And you just walked away from me and you didn't say, I'm good. How are you? And like, I'd be like, you know, that guy's kind of, kind of a dick. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I feel like you should I, like I, if somebody asked me, said something to me, even no matter what I'm doing, if it was like, all right, make ready. I'm in the middle of make ready. Like, hey, Mike, have a good run. Like, hey, thanks. Like, click my mag in. Like, let's get it going. Like, I don't know. Just say it doesn't affect me whatsoever. I just uh, I'm just different, though. I, don't know. I know I do know it just depends on how you are, you know, and, and, and I, think I think that, that depends goes, on your experience level as well. Like right. I can I'm usually comfortable enough with my stage plans that I can be resetting when I'm on deck and it's fine, but yeah, other people I, have to I get really that. focused. Now at a major, at a major, would you do like, I don't, at a major, I would definitely would at least take the, you know, I have. maybe even in well, the whole, if it's a stage, I'm not really sure about, but Pat, you know, at, at a local, yeah, I could care, really care less. I mean, I get a plan and I'm just there to kind of work on the stuff that I'm, right. you know, not really good at. So yeah, yeah. At a major, usually when I'm in the hole, I start focusing uh, when I'm, for, it depends on the size of the squad too. Like I had a really yeah. small squad sure. at a major match recently and we had to frantically be pasting targets to get through it. So I would go up and paste like one target while I was on deck. No, that, that's a valid point. It def, I mean, if you have 15 people in your squad, you, you know, there's only so many targets out there anyway. And I mean, right. it, you know, it, yeah, you, you have more than enough room that you can kind of hang back. But if you do have six people, I would say, it would definitely be a little bit of bad form if you, you know, weren't doing something because you got somebody running, you know, at a local match, especially where you don't have a crew of ROs. If, if you've got a six <laughs> to eight person squad, you got, or especially a six person squad, you got somebody running it, you got somebody doing the pad, you know, and then you got, then you got, you got the person on deck, you got the person shooting with at least two people to reset. So, you mm-hmm. know, you kind of, yeah. you kind of, you, you got to. And the person who just shot is loading their mags. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So right, that's right. one. <laughs> 
So yeah, even that could be a modification. Maybe maybe you don't load your magazines until you're all done with the stage and you're on your way to the next one. You know, maybe something like that. But yeah, I, it, whatever it is, though, as long as you keep the same pace going throughout the the stages, that's all that really matters to me. I don't care if we're all gonna if we're gonna be slow for the whole day. Let's be slow. But I don't want to I don't want to get on a roll where we're blowing through stages and I'm like you know I'm really getting into it and all of a sudden we hit like a two hour slowdown. So yeah, it's a uh, you don't want to be the guy who's not resetting. And I'll see guys walk off and take phone calls and they'll be missing for up until they're on deck. And then all of a sudden they show up magically. There, there is a unsportsmanlike rule, which not resetting it has been used here where they were yes. DQ'd for unsportsmanlike behavior because they were not resetting. Oh, DQ'd, not a penalty? Is it a penalty? Yeah, in that that's you can get DQ'd for same with USPSA. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I will admit I haven't been the best squad mate over the last years. I hate pacing with a passion. I'm so <laughs> I'll admit that. I, I will always run the tablet or, you know, now that I'm the RO, I usually like to take the timer because then I feel like I'm doing something for the squad because when it comes to actually putting pacers on the target, I suck. So I just actually bought one of those pacing guns, which is honestly mm-hmm. one of the greatest things in the world. So now it kind of... <laughs> So let's talk about the super squad resetting. I know they get ragged on all the time in the U.S. for not resetting, but people don't under really understand their plight. <laughs> There's more to it than just resetting the targets. Grant, what do you have to say about that? Well, I mean, you're at you're in the super squad. You are trying to basically place first. You're trying to win win the match, win your division. There is a ton of pressure in the super squad sometimes you just need a little bit of extra time to to get your stage in your head and just get your head right especially when you know you've just watched your main competitor burn the stage down you know unattainable time that you think yeah that that that's tough so and also i have also done that where i've walked away when someone shot just completely walked away because i actually don't want to see them shoot that stage because I don't want it to mess me up mentally. So I've left, gone away, found someone to talk to, had a conversation for a couple minutes, and then I've come back and then, okay, well, everyone's reset everything and now the next shooter's up. And then I'm on, uh, well, not on deck, but like second second in line. And I'm not gonna, in the hall. And I'm not going to, I'm not gonna reset the stage when I'm second in line. So I have done that. There, yeah, it's the pressure thing, and there's a lot going on, so I can kind of understand it in a way. Also related to the pressure, if you crash and burn on a stage, you need to take a minute for yourself and reset. Or ten. Yeah, or ten. I mean, look, if you, I crash and burn on a lot of stages. Let's put it that way. But to me, a crash and a burn is just not shooting what you thought you were going to shoot, right? So if you're going to crash and burn, the. I'm, I'm, I had a really hard time with this at first, but I feel like my mental game is coming around a little bit, especially at uh, majors. Um, uh, if, if it happens, it's over. There's, you can't do anything to take it back. So, I mean, it is what it is. You need to get focused on your next stage, stay up, stay positive. Um, and this is what I see a lot, of, a lot of people do at majors, which is a mistake to me, is that it's a 12-stage match for us usually. I don't know how many you guys normally shoot in Ipsic, but for a 12-stage match, and it'll be stage two of the day, and they have a bad stage, and, and it's just over for them mentally. And I'm, and I'm like, well... Look, I get it, but it's stage two. It's okay. You still have mm-hmm. so many to go, right? So, like, let's stay focused. Let's stay positive. 
and it is what it is. Um, and you know, if you need to take a minute because you had a bad stage, I'd say that you just, I think you need to just say it is what it is. And I'm going to, as soon as I have a bad stage, the first thing I'm thinking about is the next stage. That's exactly. I'm like, I was just going to say that. If I blew this one, I can, you know, it is what it is. Somebody else is going to have, not everybody's going to shoot a perfect stage every time. Right. So like that could, somebody else is going to blow something else somewhere too. So I'm, I'm just focused on now I'm going to do the best I can on the next stage and do the best I can on every stage I have after that. And if you blow another stage, say you blow two in a row. Well, what's the next thing that you can do is go shoot the next stage after that, even better, right? So like you always got to be thinking about the next stage, even when you have a good stage, because you don't want to get too high on yourself either, right? So, I mean, you say, oh my God, that was so great. All of a sudden, you know, now you're, now you're on cloud nine and you step up and then you blow one and now you're super deflated. You, you got to stay on a kind of, kind of an even keel. And, and in my mind, I, I like to lean towards, let's stay positive and everything is going to be just fine. I mean, until you're on stage 11 and 12 and you've blown 10 of them, I'd say that maybe it'd be okay to be a little depressed, but. <laughs> when I was in Australia, there was a female junior shooter who hit a couple of no shoots on a stage and she just burst into tears after the unload and show clear. And she was taking my class there. So I was her coach and she was on my squad. So I led her over to the next stage and I said, I'm sorry that happened. That sucked. I want you to take a deep breath, let it out, let it go. Now take a look at this. This is what's next. Tell me your plan. And as she was talking, she started calming down and started focusing on what was next. She burned that stage to the ground. Right. She did awesome. Right. I mean, look, I mean, it, it is what it is. It's like golf. Do you think that they, you know, they play 18 perfect holes? No, you're going to shoot 12 perfect stages every time. Do you think, do you think Max Michelle or JJ shoot 12 perfect stages at every single match? I don't think that they're perfect. I think that if they, if you asked them, they'd go back and say, I could have done this, this, and this better. So, and know, if you don't have a single mic in, let's say you're shooting a three day major match. If you don't have one single mic, you're probably not trying hard enough. I agree with that. Unless, unless I have seen this at a match where, uh, the most accurate wins the gun. So somebody will literally take 1200 seconds to shoot all alpha so they can win that gun. <laughs> <Sometimes> <laughs> it's it really funny. It. <laughs> it could be. It you could get be, to win a gun. That's cool. Yeah. So the most accurate. So people will literally, they don't care about what your score is. Mm -hmm. well, whoever has the most alphas. So somebody will That's like an IDPA thing. Forever. Yeah. Yeah. So another thing that Super Squad has to contend with is that people are coming up to them wanting selfies, wanting autographs, uh, wanting to video their runs. People coming up and talking to them all through the entire match. And I've these never had that. I'm not famous enough. <laughs> I, I, I am, I am that guy. Okay. And I've done it I, not last year national. So I go up, you know, Josh is there. Lena is there. Zach Smith is on the squad. Jack wins is on the squad. Like a lot of good shooters. And I mean, like I've, I've, I've met Josh before and stuff, but I mean, they're all, they're all super nice people. And I mean, like, you, you know, yeah. you know what you're stepping up to when you're stepping up to the people that are, that are the top in the game and they're, you know, that you, you don't want to bother them, but you stand back. But I mean, at the end of the day, Josh, Josh looks around and he goes, he goes, I'm standing there. He's like, Hey Mike, can you video this for me? Like, yeah, no, like I'm the perfect guy to video instead of having to ask one of them, you know what I'm saying? So like, yeah, no problem. So you kind of just stay out of the way and be respectful of what they're doing. But I mean, as long, as long as they're not about to shoot or, or shooting, you know, they'll, I feel like the, the super squad people and especially the professionals are all really, really nice. And, you know, they're more than willing to talk to you, but you know, just obviously use, use common sense. Don't, don't talk to them when they look like they're about to do something important. So. And they're also sponsored shooters. So they're representing all the companies that are sponsoring them. They want to make sure that you feel 
welcome. So if you come up to them and try and talk to them, it's hard for them to say no, even if they know they need to be resetting the targets right now, they're going to take that time out of their match for you if you come up to them. Because that's uh, part of their job is right. customer right. service. It is. And, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like even if it's forced and then they have to take the time out of their job, I feel like a lot of them really don't mind it uh, uh, as long as you're doing it at the right time. Um, yeah, they enjoy but, the people. Yeah, like just like just like coming on this podcast. I could sit here for hours and talk about shooting because I love shooting. Just I think they love talking about guns and they love talking about shooting because that's what they love to do too. That's why they are where they are. So, um, you know, if you can connect with them on that level and try not to be a pest, you know, don't be don't be following them around the entire time and saying, hey, you know, like you don't want. But you know, if you're sitting there and you Some see people on stage, too. yeah, yeah, right. Like they'll they'll talk to you. You know, as long as you don't they don't see you again on the next stage, and they're gonna think you're a little bit weird. So. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So keep that in mind when you hear people ragging on the super squad for not resetting so much. There's just so much more going on for these guys and you need to be a little bit empathetic to that. Right. Look at my list. Oh, ladies using the bathroom. This is all you. Um, this, yeah. is, this is all me. No so just so you guys know, I'm sure most of you do. It takes us a little longer to use the bathroom. It may or may not be a pet peeve to you guys. I don't know. I try to drink um, like body armor or something and not just water that's going to go straight through me because we have to get completely undressed and dressed again. And who knows where the nearest outhouse is. We can't just go pee in the berm in the next bay. <laughs> <laughs> so it does take us a little longer. We try to plan for that, but you know, sometimes it happens when it happens and we end up late for stage briefings and things like that. Just keep that in mind. <laughs> We're doing the best we can. I've, uh, never, I've never, never had an issue with ladies in the bathroom. Never been like, oh my God, where is she at? She's up. And, and if that happens, don't, I mean, normally you would just say hey, she'll shoot last now. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, we'll just keep going. And then whatever, when she comes back, she comes Figure back. As long as you're not back past when we're done shooting, then it might be a little annoying, but um, yeah, you know, it is what it is. I think people are willing to work with you. We all have to go to the bathroom. So we all understand. Yeah. And yeah, I, I would even this, say, don't hold up the stage briefing for me. Just go. I'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, you, I think you have to tell them that. Accommodating. Right. You tell them that, but I think they add a major, they still will read it to you when you come back. Like, I don't, I don't think yeah, even they if you say hey, that, but they'll be like, all right, come over here and they'll read it to you. But again, I don't, I don't think it's, it is what it is. If you had to go, you had to go. Right. <laughs> all right. So you talked a little bit about being DQ'd and not approaching that person. I think the same thing goes for if someone bombs a stage, you know how at a local, you know, that's when you ride them. You ride if they're your buddies, that's when you ride them. Because you try, well, yeah. you know, at a major, that's that how too. you're gonna build them up stronger mentally is when you're when you're on them when they're blowing a stage. Because now if they blow a stage at a major, it's not really that big of a deal if you're not riding them. You know, so usually know. <laughs> at a local match it's different, but at a major, you're not gonna see guys laughing or going, ooh. No, no, I agree. Instead, everyone just gets dead quiet, turns around and walks away. I got yep. some mags to load or something. <laughs> Right. That's how you know if you shot a good stage. If you shot a good stage and everyone's like, hey, you know, give me a pound saying good job. You know, if everyone if, if you turn around and nobody wants to talk to you, you probably didn't. That, that, that didn't look so good yeah. from their perspective. So in IPSC, <laughs> they do the golf clap. <laughs> Did you I notice like that. that in Aruba? Yeah, I like Did it. You get your first golf clap. Yeah. You know, I love those people in Aruba. I thought that match was great. And we should we could talk about a whole podcast just about that. I mean, I hope that we go back there next year. So, yeah, they have one in the Caribbean next year 
Is it Caribbean or Caribbean? I, I never I know. I don't know. I don't know. Tomato, tomato, but I don't know if they let PCCs in the, in the, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. So the Caribbean, I think that's, I'm going to pick that side. Well, so. Caribbean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I, I heard that, I heard that I, I don't think they let PCCs. He also says tomato. Yeah, no, I say tomato, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> All right, what about resetting if you're DQ'd? What's your take on that? Okay, well, I was recently DQ'd at PCC Nationals. I could all. Um, so one of, the, one of the things is, okay, first of all, you can get DQ'd. I don't want to like cause a scene because you are representing sponsors and you don't want, I don't want to be associated with those guys that fight and shout and swear at ROs. You know, I might disagree with it, but there's not much I can do. And I think as a competitor, you're allowed to disagree with being DQ'd regardless of whether it was right or wrong. Um, but yeah, I, I stayed to reset because I am representing my sponsors and I don't, it is, it is a sportsman thing to do. Um, and besides, I didn't, it's not like I had anything to do that day. I had set the entire day aside for the match. So I was there, I was going to be there. I traveled far, you know, I'm going to also be there and support my fellow competitors and the other guys that are on my, my team, other guys that are sponsored by the people that sponsor me to make them, you know, at least have a better match so they don't have to run out and pace mm -hmm. or pick up brass or pick up mags or anything. So I want to be there for them if I cannot shoot and be part of the team. I'm with you on that. I would stay and pace, reset, run the timer, whatever they need. Mm. I would even run out and get them some food. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I am, I would have to say I'm the opposite. So um, the MD at our one indoor match, one of the things he says, if you are DQ from that, you have the option of uh, pasting or scoring for the rest of the evening. But he's, he'd be the first person to tell you that if I got DQ'd, that he would just rather me go home. So I don't know. I, if I get DQ'd, usually it's not – I feel bad. I just compromised everybody's safety because usually a DQ is something that's not, you know, like, oh, it was like, oh, no big deal. You know what I'm saying? And then uh, I – I don't know. I don't want to bring the squad down because all I'm thinking I'm going to be thinking about on the entire ride home is that DQ. So for me, all I, day I, long, you're going to hear about yeah, it. And all day long. Well, that doesn't bother. I mean, I feel like if you get DQ'd, you deserve or you should expect to hear that a little bit. Right. I mean, like, I mean, uh, you know, something happened. I mean, even if it was OK, but, you know, that's what that's what friends are for. So but yeah, I mean, I honestly I could tell everybody that if I'm getting DQ'd, usually I'm going home. But I'm going to say you probably would rather have it that way. I know I'm representing yeah, I think it's, and stuff like that, but just not a good day for me after that point. It's a personal decision. Yeah. As long as you thank your squad mates and wish them luck before you take off, I think that's totally right. fine. No, 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 no. If there's, if there's five people or six people on your squad, I am not going to leave. But, I mean, if there's 12, 13 people, and I just got DQ'd, now there's 11 or 10. I mean, what? Right. Ha have a good day, guys. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm just not – it is what it is, so – yeah, I, well, say, I guess, I guess I'm not gets... very sportsmanlike, but it, it, I, don't <laughs> I don't know. No, if someone else got DQ'd, I would never expect them to stay or, or anything. Like, that's not an expectation, but just for my personal thing, that's what I want to do. Yeah, now I do feel bad for the guys that come with a group and one of the, of the group gets DQ'd and now they're, <laughs> stuck, they're stuck at the match because they have no choice. Whether they want to leave or not, they're sitting there. So that's why I always travel alone. Sit in the mm -hmm. van and turn the, turn the music on and just... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's why people people have asked me to, to carpool the matches before. And I just I I would much rather have I don't know. I, I, I don't mind driving 10 hours by myself, but uh, some people would rather have a partner with that. But I, I feel like if something goes wrong or 
God forbid that the person I came with got DQ'd and he did not feel like being there and I would feel terrible. You know, all I'd be thinking about is now I, I just want to get this guy home, which I've actually done before. Actually, one of the guy that actually got me into this game. Okay, we went to uh, his first ever USPSA major, which was at Del Marvin 2019, um, and he ended up getting DQ'd on like stage 10. Um, and my gun had on the same stage, which is very coincidental, but on the same stage, my trigger had broke. So we had two stages left, and I'm like, my buddy's sitting there, like whatever. We ended up just going home. Um, it was pouring rain outside. I didn't feel like staying. So I felt really bad. And from the, after that, I was like, I'm just going to go by myself because I, that not that it affected my match. I felt really bad that my buddy got DQ'd. And then I just, it kind of killed it for me that now he had to sit here. Cause I knew that he did not want to stay. Like he wanted to go home. It was yeah. raining on us. So I, yeah, I feel like I travel by myself just for that reason. So, yeah. So what about, um, those people who argue for doubles on every target, arguing oh, for a double on. I do. I do. <laughs> hey, look, no, it's part, it, look, look, I'm not arguing for a double. I'm going to call for an overlay. If, if I legitimately think that it looks like a double, okay. Not on every single one. Right. But at the end of the day, it states in the rules as a shooter. And I'm always a shooter first before I'm like an RO or anything like that that I have the option for you to, to call. And that's what every, every good RO or every good RM that I've ever talked to, that's what they say. Like, look, it's your option as a shooter. You can call for it if you want, but you don't have, you know, you might not like the answer I'm going to give you, but I can definitely put it over. I mean, as a shooter, I feel like if you think it's a double, call for it. I mean, if, even if you have the slightest inkling that it is a double, you call for an overlay. And then if, if you still don't, if the guy looks at it for half a second and says, nope, then say, then I, can you call the RM? Because then at that point, that's who's really going to come over and take a serious look at it, right? But I mean, if, if, it's, if it's a perfect circle and there's, it's not a darker grease ring than every other hole that you have or anything like that, it's not really worth the time. But at the end of the day, as a competitor, if you have any inkling, you should always be calling for that overlay. And that's just my... But the opinion. problem is most shooters shoot alpha deltas on everything. And now that one target that's uh, 20 or 25 yards away that they shot at a 0.18 split, now that, that's a double. And it's every, every it's single step possible. It's possible. And, it's, and, and look, it's all based on, on visual evidence. And, and if it looks like a double, I mean, you're, everybody's a competitor, right? I mean, you're telling me that you wouldn't want the call that like you, you, you saw your dot on it twice, right. Or in your case, you saw your irons on it twice perfectly. And it looks like a perfect, I mean, wouldn't you want that call? You're like, yeah, I'm, no, I'm, I'm 99% like every, sure I didn't miss every that. single stage, like one target, every single stage, it just slows the match down. Well, then if it, it, I agree with that, I agree with that, but that's why I say you have to be to honest be, with yourself though. Right. Right. No. It has to be like a legitimate looking double, not the same similar grease ring, everything else in a perfect circle, you know, but I mean, Hey, I'm like we joke and say, hit. Oh, you know, alpha Mike, but it's like, Oh, it's a double from the back corner there. I so always say that. A- I say that from the back line all the time. Yeah. <laughs> like it's a double. Where's the overlay. <laughs> but you know, as the competitor, what you saw, no doubt. And whether or not it's worth even asking. Where No, that goes back to level ones and majors. At majors, that's I level ones, I could care less. If you're going to make a call, it is what it is. I the score to me at a level one doesn't matter. But at a major, yeah, I'm 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 known around area eight in our, our area to be a little bit argumentative when it comes to the rules, just because I'm trying to I'm trying to use the rules to my advantage. And and if I can call for it and argue for it the best I can and get the call, that's what I'm gonna do. So no, no, there was I one time I... is if it cuts the line for the alpha or if it's a into the no shoot and it's cutting the line then yeah i i will try argue that 
And that that one, that one, you got to know how to measure that one. Okay. So like I've seen the video on NROI.com or with, with Troy, where he does that and you'll, you'll find, and this is where, again, if you call for it and you, and you see the RO do it wrong, that's where you call for the RM. Like you got to know what the rules are and how you do that. You actually got to cover the perf with the, with the, uh, with the the flat edge. Yeah. So it's not some, some ROs will go up to the right. Like if you're trying to go from the Charlie to the alpha zone, some will come up to the perf on the right side, but they won't actually go over the perf. And then when they put their circle on it, it's obviously not going to touch the plastic card, but you have to go over the perf and actually cover like the, the alpha side of that line perfectly. And then you can see if it works. So like, there's a lot of little things that happen like that, that some ROs just don't really know. Yeah. And then if you I've know what you're doing, you get that call, you know what I'm saying? So like, Hey, no, you're, you're not, you're not doing that. Right. I'll call for the RM, but you're not. And then the R comes over and he knows what the rule is. And then he does it. And then you get the hit. I mean, you're a competitor. Everybody's there is to be a shooter. And now that I'm a new RO, I would never, especially being me, I don't think I have any room to, to talk to anybody that would ever argue a call or argue for an overlay or anything like that, no matter how obvious it might look to me. So like I, I will, I will gladly pull out that card and do whatever I can. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, that's what it says in the rules. That's your job. If I call for it, you're supposed to do it. So. Yeah. The problem with arguing all the time is when it is actually a legitimate double because you've cried wolf, you know, for the past, past four stages. Now it's met with more suspicion. Agree. Agree. And that's why you save them, you know, only really call for it. If you think that you're right, you know, it's not something that you call on something that you know is probably not a double. Right. I recently argued for a reshoot because someone pasted the target before it was scored and I knew it 100%, 110%. I knew I had two alphas on that target. And I asked around, did somebody paste this target? No, no, nobody wants to admit to it. So I went to the range officer and asked him, you know, we had people there resetting. I asked him if I could ask the paster what order he pasted the targets in. And he said, yeah. So I went and asked him and the order he gave me was the wrong order. Definitely pre-pasted it. So then I got the reshoot. So if you know 110%, you got to fight for it. And as a female, I feel like we get ragged on a little more for that. Because if you're a girl and you're doing it, you're the B word. If you're a guy and you're doing it, you're a competitor. I, I've been I've been called an asshole a couple times, right? so whatever. I, I, I'm 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 there to compete. I don't blame anybody. It's just a mindset. I don't know. Uh, like I don't mind when people are calling for stuff like that. I don't I don't think that you're a b word at all. Like you know what I'm saying. I think that you're just trying to do what you got to do, and I would make the same call. So what's the what's the problem with that? I I don't know. You do what you got to do, and if they have a problem with it, at the end of the day, I don't think you're asking. As long as you're being nice about it, as long as you're not being a jerk, like. You're yeah. definitely wrong. That's a double. You're the worst RO I've ever seen in my life. You know, like, yeah, like you don't got to be I'm like gonna... that about it. Be like, I just, <laughs> right. I, look, I don't, I don't agree. I don't agree. You know, like, can, can you put an overlay on it? And if, and if they do the overlay and you watch them do it, and you don't like it and be like, I, I, it's nothing against you personally. I just don't really agree with the way you did the overlay either. Can you please call the RM? I mean, if you're nice about it, it is what it is. I mean, everybody just be respectful. You know, I mean, yeah, we're all in the heat of the moment and like, you know, if it's a big match and you want that hit. You know what I'm saying? You might get a and little. And we're all competitive. There. Yeah, we're all competitive, but and, and the ROs are too. The ROs usually are shooting yeah. the ass also, so they all understand. But I mean, you know, there's always a line there where you want to just don't, you know, don't get to that next level where you're like getting over the top. I mean, everybody's going to disagree. Everybody has their opinion, but don't be a jerk about it. So okay, we got eight minutes left here. Oh boy, only eight minutes. So wow. what about unsolicited advice? 
Mike, you go on this one first. I, I always give unsolicited advice to everybody. I can't, <laughs> I can't, I can't, I cannot keep, I can't keep my mouth shut. Whatever comes in my head comes out of my mouth. So like the problem with that is like, you know, sometimes like I would shoot, I shoot with a couple guys that are really into the rules and like, you know, like if you say something like, oh, well, I didn't shoot that target specifically because I heard you say something in the back about that's what I was missing. So I just stopped. Like, I'm sorry about that, dude. I didn't mean it. Like, I just see like, hey, you're like over there. Like, I don't know. And then unsolicited advice. Like, I think that you should do this instead of this. I, I'm a pretty big offender with that because I always think I have the best stage plan because I take Keita Boosie's class. That's why. So at the end of the day, I think my plan is the best and I think you're going to be wrong. So now I've gotten to the point now where if I see somebody doing a walkthrough and I think they're wrong, I'm just like, I'm going to get you by four on that stage right there just with that plan. And I just like to make them think about it a little bit at a local, you know what I'm saying? But uh, at a major, no, I, I usually try to, to, to stick to my thing and I don't really try to give unsolicited, unsolicited advice at majors. I try to just focus yeah. on my game. Um, but well, at, at locals, absolutely. Always. You're <laughs> always a teacher. <laughs> yeah, you're a teacher. I, you're, that's what you do for a living. I'm a coach. So it just hurts my soul to keep my mouth shut. But I do, unless I see something that could potentially be a safety issue during the walkthrough. And I'll just pull them aside and say, hey, I noticed you had your hands pointed this way. Just watch out for that because it's pretty close to the 180. Or that's, if they're sweeping themselves, like opening a door and sweeping themselves in the walkthrough, then I'll pull them aside cool. and say, hey, uh, you might want to watch this and put the gun up higher so you don't sweep your yeah. hand. Well, if anybody's going to complain about that as unsolicited advice, I'd say they were idiots and they shouldn't be there anyway, because that's just you looking out for their safety. You know, that's not like I would say unsolicited advice would be more more like, you know, they have a plan like like I usually do at locals like, no, you're doing that wrong. You should do the plan this way. You know, like I didn't ask you. But why are you asking? Why, why are you telling me what you should do? I, I didn't ask you. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, unless yeah, somebody asks you what ask, you think. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, then I love that. Right. I jump right in there. That's fun for me because I'm a coach and you're a teacher. So you probably feel the same way. But I keep my mouth shut unless it's a safety issue. At yeah, I will not. But it does break anyone, my heart to any, do it. At I majors. Not anyone, any advice yeah. at all, any competition, unless they come to me and ask me a question. Because... Yes. You just, I just can't, because first of all, unsolicited advice usually gets ignored. People don't necessarily take it in, even if it's good advice, we'll change the advice. That's my You're experience. not in a place to hear it. Yeah. And if, if it's unsolicited, they're not thinking about that, which is why they didn't ask. So you're at all injecting something that they didn't even think to consider. And the mind just is going to right, right out the, right out the other ear. Um, and yeah, it does, it does pain me because there was this one shooter, this one match, and I'll never forget it. And they were shooting alpha delta on everything because their grip was wrong. And it was so blatantly, oh obviously wrong. I would and have to leave. I would have to leave. I'd know. be like, what are you doing, dude? I would be like, after the I ones that I'd be like, I don't know why I'm shooting like this. And I'm just like, please just ask me, just say how to say something so that i can give you this advice but i can't um because it's you haven't asked me and it was just yeah it was it was it was painful and they were so distraught and it's like i probably should have but i just i couldn't bring myself to giving that 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 unsolicited advice now if they're a brand new shooter and i know they're a brand new shooter i will go up to them before the match starts and say if you have any questions, ask any one of us here. We've been shooting for a while and right. we can help. No, you they, they usually are all down for all the advice you can give them, especially yeah. if it's their first day there. They're like, oh my God, thank you for everything that you said. It was a lot. Right. But, um, yeah. Going back to what Grant said, I, it made me think of a story. I was, I was running a guy one time at a knockdown steel match and Grant, I mean, 
I was seeing every one of his bullets hit low in the same spot on every single target. <laughs> he was just going down the row and they were all hitting the stand low, low, low. And I'm like, I'm watching, I'm just like hit higher. Like you got to aim up, aim up, like aim up. Like it's like, you know, we're 45 seconds into a stage. I mean, he was smoking it in the same spot. Like if he just aimed above the target <laughs> at the stage, it's over. He's like, He's like, hey, I appreciate it if you didn't talk in the middle of my stage. I was getting it. I'm like, I, I was just so frustrated watching you hit the same seven-inch shot low every single time. I just was trying to help you. I'm sorry. Like, I thought, I thought you didn't know where your shots were. I mean, you were. It was, it was the same thing every time. Like, just aim higher. So some people don't want it, even if they're not doing well. You know, like you think that yes. you're, you're you're doing a good thing, and it's just. But yeah, no, I. Uh, yeah, he didn't. All right, not guys. Hear it. <laughs> we got to wrap this up. It's about to cut off on us. Please uh, like and subscribe if you're enjoying these chats and we will see you next Saturday, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, well, thanks for having like and subscribe and we'll chat to you guys soon. Yeah. Thanks, guys. All right, guys, guys this has been awesome and fun. Ciao.